Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, how you doing today? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, hanging in there, you know, um, getting on a flight in like five hours or something. So, um, yeah, uh, looking forward to talking some wrestling with you before I'm on my way to the Jersey Shore. Very nice. Well, don't do anything that I wouldn't do, meaning do everything you would like to do. <laughs> uh, so another crazy week in wrestling, starting off with uh, Impact Wrestling doing uh, a good show, crowning a new champion in Kenny Omega. Tonight on Wednesday, uh, half the country or more mostly is watching the first address from the new president, and we watched the AEW Dynamite. So uh, hopefully we were slightly more entertained. But uh, Jay, let's let's start this week off with what might happen tomorrow. Actually, our regular night would be Thursday, but it's on Friday. What do you think is going to happen? Will WWE pull the trigger and Daniel Bryant win the title, or is he moving to another brand? Because on Friday, Roman didn't want to face Cesaro, and Daniel stepped up and said, uh, one more shot. Roman said, if you don't win, I want you off my brand. And uh, sounds like, you know, if Daniel Bryan loses, he's off the blue brand, and he's got to go somewhere else. So I definitely think he's going to lose. Um, I mean, he's talked about retiring at some point or retiring from being a full-time performer. So I thought he would be gone – maybe not gone after WrestleMania, but like take an extended break. Um, but, you know, they wanted a hot show, you know, against the NFL draft and whatever. So they're going to do that. Um, I definitely think he loses. Uh, you brought up before the show about the idea of going to NXT. And I thought that was interesting. I thought maybe he'd just like retire. Please don't go to raw, whatever you do. Um, but, you know, if he does leave, he's one of the more compelling characters in the show. So, they're going to really have to figure out how to make up for his loss. Uh, but again, no way he loses, in my opinion. I think Reigns is not going to lose the title for a while. Uh, you know, the rumors are saving him up for a Brock or a Rock match or something like that down the road. So I don't see him losing for a long time. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I'd love Daniel Bryan to go to NXT. I think... You know, and it's something that we kind of talked about pre-show about NXT needing some type of star power, needing a Shinsuke Nakamura uh, from Japan, needing a, uh, you know, Samoa Joe. They need some big time guy there because they have a really good show, but they needed a big time guy. And I think Brian could really fit that bill. Um, he, he could have matches with so many guys. I, I think it'd be fantastic, but. Um, you know, we'll see because Daniel Bryan might not be an in-ring performer for, uh, you know, for too much longer. So, but it should be a great match. They have great chemistry. I think, I think Daniel Bryan is Reigns, but I mean, he's a lot of people's best opponent, but I think he's Roman Reigns best opponent. I, I don't think there's any question about that. So it should be a really good match and I expect Reigns to win. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see how you go and put the title on Daniel Bryan. It's not the right story. I mean, you're building to, it looks like to a Cesaro match at, you know, WrestleMania backlash or whatever the name of that show is. I don't know why you, I guess you get any dollar left out of the consumer putting the name WrestleMania to convince them that it means something. But I do wonder what you do with Daniel Bryan. Cause you know, 
if you read the article that Daniel Bryan had after WrestleMania, he said he kind of felt weird even being in the match. He didn't. He felt kind of disconnected to everything going on in that match. So, you know, you think the end is near, but, you know, every time his contract is almost up, he says he's done, he wants to go somewhere else, this and that, and then he winds up resigning. He's supposedly, you know, one of the bigger names in SmackDown right now in regards to running the show and booking everything. So, you know, he's got a, he's got a big name there. His wife still has stuff he, she's doing with the company, you know, outside projects. So, you know, I don't see him leaving. No, well, I, no, no, I, I don't think he's going to leave the company. I just think he wouldn't be a wrestler anymore. Like, I don't think he's going, I don't think he's going to leave the company, but you know, he's done a lot of stuff backstage with helping to book guys, helping to get guys over, um, helping guys on certain elements of their, you know, performance. Um, and they've talked about how influential he is. I think he's been booking some matches or doing, helping out with storylines. So I think he's going to be around. I just don't know that he'll be wrestling necessarily, especially now the fact that they do the shows in Florida. He doesn't have to, I mean, who knows how long that's going to be. You know, we're here and now they're going to try to do live events at some point, especially after, uh, you know, uh, UFC. So we'll see how things go with outdoor events and things like that and live events. But I mean, he, you know, he flies from Washington to Florida once a week. He does the show. He go flies back home and is a dad. So I don't see him, you know, I don't see him uh, not in a WWE, but probably not from a, a in-ring standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting thing. And uh, do you think that if they do a good enough job, which WWE never does a good enough job with anything nowadays, but if they do a good enough job social media-wise and everything else, you think this is a big enough selling point, the idea of Daniel Bryan's last shot title on SmackDown and Bryan versus, you know, Reigns, you think that could really bring some interest in? I'm not just saying a big number, but to kind of revitalize a post-media kind of malaise of what's going on with SmackDown and what's going on with wrestling right now. I, know I think SmackDown's been, been doing all right in the ratings, though. No, they've been doing okay, but it's- yeah, they've been doing they've been doing fine. You 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 keep talking, you keep confusing SmackDown and Raw. I mean, the, Raw's doing horrible. SmackDown's all right. I don't I don't know that there's a post-WrestleMania malaise. I think SmackDown's still been pretty solid. Um, I, as far as the ratings, I know you love getting into the ratings. I have no idea. Sure. No, I don't know. It'll be the second round of the draft. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And the second round's a big round. People are into it. I love the second round of the draft. Um, I won't be watching it. Um, You know, so the draft does really well in the ratings. So I, you know, I don't know. I would expect them to do well. But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do well. Yeah, uh, sticking sticking with SmackDown quickly because something that we like a lot of weeks, unfortunately, gets the short short stick on this show at times. Alistair Black returned with his first of supposedly a lot of um, skits or vignettes that have been shot. So he's still with the company. Um, what did you think of the first skit? I know that I think on uh, you gave at least your initial thoughts. Uh, on our Twitter at Workshoot Pod, uh, what did you what did you think of the vignettes? Well, they were thought it was weird. Um, it didn't really hit with me, to be honest with you. Um, and I know he likes to do these weird things and and whatever. I'm just happy for the guy um, because he's such a great in ring performer and and really deserves to get a shot. That being said, the promos didn't hit with me like 
at all. So I don't know, but good for him getting a shot and we'll see if it evolves. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Let's see what happens with it. Um, but at least they're trying to give somebody a push on SmackDown and you know, it's, they know they need to push some more people. Um, and so I think Alistair Black's the perfect guy for that brand to push and, and, you know, we'll see if it continues. I, I really do think it comes down to, to two words when it comes down to Alistair Black. And this is very simple. Paul Heyman. If Paul Heyman is on the brand with Alistair Black, Alistair Black has a chance to succeed. When Alistair Black was on the brand where Paul Heyman had some pull or was writing, he had a chance to succeed. He was part of the show. The minute Paul Heyman lost power, I know Paul Heyman is just a on-screen character, but Paul Heyman does the stuff on Talking Smack where he's one of the hosts and he goes and helps people build their character and he's doing different things. I think as long as he has somebody on the show to speak up for him, just like in Apollo Crews where we see he's been better since you know Paul Heyman's been there, I think that's going to be the determining factor because once Paul Heyman lost his job on that part of creative or just being someone to speak out for these guys, like, you know, the catering crew, they lost whatever push they had. And the guys who went to SmackDown that were part of that quote-unquote Canadian crew kind of are doing okay now that they're on the same show as Paul Heyman. I'm not saying these guys didn't have talent, but, you know, it helps when you have a guy in, you know, out there to go and say, hey, look at this guy. Let's get this guy on TV. Yeah, no, and we've, you know, we've talked about that before. Um, you know, Cruz getting a push. And he got a push before even on Raw. Uh, but you know, they're, they're doing more with them even on, on SmackDown, um, as a lead character. And I think a lot of that actually comes down to Cruz. Look how, I mean, he has a character now, which he hasn't had since he came to the WWE. Um, and as far as Alistair Black, yeah, I mean, it wasn't working out on Raw clearly. So it's good. It is on SmackDown. SmackDown's interesting, right? I think it's like a hodgepodge of voices. It sounds like Raw is Vince's voice. And a bunch of yes men. And it sounds like SmackDown, you got Daniel Bryan mixed in, you got Heyman in there. I think Michael P.S. Hayes is still there. So you have like a bunch of different voices. Reigns, I think, has a big influence on his character. So you have kind of a lot of different voices who are influencing how the show is run, which I I, I think is made for, you know, a pretty good show. So, um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely happy for Aleister Black for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about from SmackDown. Uh, week week two of no Raw for uh, for Jay, having the best gig in the business, not having to sit through that every week. Raw was, you know, slightly less terrible. You know, every hour there was at least one halfway decent thing. That's RKO bro wasn't, you know, horrendous, but otherwise not much to talk about. So we'll we'll move on. Uh, I mean, now we'll just go, we'll just talk about this real quick. Cause I know you love talking about the ratings. The ratings were horrible. And the only thing I'm going to say about the ratings is right. What, what AW had 600,000 more, 600,000 more people watch this than AW, right? The show has been on for 30 years. Here's the one thing I will say. Vince doesn't care about the ratings. He just got $5 billion or a billion, whatever it is a billion dollars from Peacock. He doesn't care about the ratings. So, for the Dave Meltzers and the Brian Alvarez's and even you, Corey, you know, talking about the ratings, nobody cares. It's a, it's, it, it's a cash cow that he has there. Yeah, it's all about um, it's live, it's live television. Right. Um, and that's why if AW continues to have a million people, I mean, forget it. Like they're all going to get paid in that company. 
because uh, it's live. It's live entertainment. So, um, yeah, I don't. It, it is what it is. It's a terrible show. I'm, it's unwatchable. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you're watching it for me. And the ratings are, are going to continue to tank. It is it is what it is. I mean, they'll, they'll go up and down. I should say it. they'll go up and down. Uh, but, you know, if Brock comes back, if the crowds come back, I think they'll be they'll do better. Uh, but I think that's when the show might improve when the crowds come back and people start rejecting all the shit that they've been watching for the past year and change. So uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. So uh, one of the big things, like I said, we we commented at the very beginning of the show was that this past Sunday that Impact Wrestling held its, I guess, maybe third biggest pay-per-view, I guess, right now after Slammiversary and Bound for Glory. Rebellion. Uh, AW did not promote the show very well, if at all. Spoke about that last week. But uh, according to Dave Meltzer, information he got uh, earlier today, based on uh, one of the major pay-per-view companies, Rebellion, eighth highest wrestling pay-per-view the last, uh, I guess, couple of years. So there was interest in Kenny Omega. As you know, a lot of people ask, what is Impact getting from this? They're getting eyes on the product. Is AEW have their title right now? And is is there anybody besides, you know, the Good Brothers showing up on AEW television from TNA? Or, you know, Impact? No, but you're having more people watching every week. And yes, is it 100,000 or 158,000? You know, in the long scheme for, you know, is it that many more people? No, when you're on a channel that, you know, some cable companies don't even have. You know what? It's more people buying your pay-per-views, more people knowing about the product. And you're still alive. You know, it's a product that will never die. Kenny Omega is your new champion. He's going to be wrestling, you know, on these Impact Plus shows. If more people are going to buy Impact Plus, that's going to help. And, you know, uh, Jay, what did you think of the uh, the title match, Swan versus uh, Kenny Omega? I thought it was a good match. Never reached, never reached a great level. But, you know, I thought I, it was fine. I agree. Um, but, you know, I want to talk about something that we, we talked about last week, Christopher Morton, where you said – you know, they didn't promote it on AW and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Didn't hurt the didn't hurt the pay-per-view buys. Right. So the thing is now with wrestling, everybody knows what everybody knows. Everybody knows what's going on. The people who bought the um, show are, you know, AW fans. They know that he's on impact. Right. And so. Um, so I'm happy for Impact. I think, you know, they, in, and I didn't get to watch uh, most of the pay-per-view. I was trying to, but it didn't work out. Um, but, you know, they have good matches. Uh, I think they've had some fantastic matches in the ring. We've talked about the talent that they have. So I think it brings more eyes on them, on, on the other performers on Impact, which I think is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, Kenny Omega... You know, you know, Timmy Callahan calls himself the draw, but I mean, the draw is Kenny Omega and we can say what we want now, Corey, about what Kenny Omega is or what he isn't or whatever. I mean, I, he's a bona fide star, yeah. right? I mean, we have to kind of put him in that he's made him in all these AEW shows. We know what he's done in Japan. Now he's, 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 you know, in the impact main event and he's, he's changing there, I mean, they. This is probably one of their highest all-time pay-per-views, with him in it, because he, because he was in it, and so you just have to give, um, give him so much credit, give Impact and AEW so much credit for for working together, 
And um, yeah, it'll be exciting to see what combinations they have with Omega, who else he puts over. There's no reason why he can't be in both companies. You know, they tape every they tape everything. I don't, I, you know, in one day or, or two days. So it's not like a live, it's not like a live thing. So he could do both. Uh, the only issue is if he gets injured in one, you know, what, how do you, how do you do it? Um, but, you know, good for him, you know, good for him. And, um, you know, Swan gave up the title, uh, but I think it just brings a lot of interesting possibilities. You know, him against Trey Miguel, him against Chris Bay. Like they can have so many interesting matches for him to get guys over and put guys in a spotlight that they haven't been in before. Now, uh, the other thing, which I don't know if you actually see, because I know you had some issues with uh, your cable provider getting the show. And I heard a lot of people had some issues here and there, uh, which is never a good look, but you know, hopefully they'll fix that as time goes on. Uh, was they had a package for Slammiversary. They did their, say, you know, next three months, their shows, they didn't tell you an exact date, but I'm guessing it will be right after July 14th, just after last year. But uh, Jay, they had in the promo pack for Slammiversary, just like last year, faces from the past, you know, going on the same idea of you never know who might show up from the WWE releases. They put in, you know, an Aussie flag representing, you know, the Iconics. They flat out put from their history, the, one of the greatest people ever be on that product. Samoa Joe flat out put his face on there for a couple of seconds. They put Okada. They put uh, Naito. They put... Uh, what? They put a Mexican you know flag. What? You know what? God bless them, man. God bless. Just put everybody on there. Put put everybody on there. What so, a, like, put the put the rock on there. Stone Cold. I mean, whatever, right? Like put so, anybody on there. I guess my question to you is: Last year they delivered. They got you know Eric Young, the good. Now, drug. when is the show? What what day is the show? We don't know yet. It will be July. I don't think I don't think they've given the date for twofold. One because July sixteenth or July fifteenth, whenever. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll make it on a Thursday. They'll make it the, the day after they're able to come in. I mean, okay, so it'll be a couple of days after. So July seventeenth. Right. That, I think right now they're waiting to find out if there's a UFC show on that Saturday. So if it's not, if there's a UFC show, it'll be on the Sunday. If there's no UFC show, it'll be on the Saturday. Because like what just happened this past weekend, UFC 261 was a huge show, like over 700,000 buys. The US. So you know, if it was the same night, they would have gotten killed. So they would have gone to a Sunday. It's like you know, TNA. I'm sorry, uh, AEW is doing it. Everyone wants to get away from. UFC shows if they could help it and not get killed being a having to share you know pay-per-view provider yeah 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 I got you I got you but do you think the idea it worked once but do you think this hurts the company if they can't deliver a Samoa Joe by putting him in now if Kenny Omega's on the show I mean that's that's what they need so um yeah I don't think I don't think so and I think they will deliver they did last year so I see no reason why they won't this year um, maybe they don't get everybody. Maybe they get some people. Um, so, you know, Matt Cardona's got kind of the deal with, um, with Impact. So, oh, no, Sean Spears. Never mind. Sean Spears is married to Peyton Royce. I mean, you know, Billy Kay, she's not great in the ring. But she is a great personality. And Impact and AEW doesn't have vignettes or do stuff like that. They basically have match after match after match. So I think she would be better probably in Impact doing those skits backstage. She's actually funny, unlike some of the stuff they have going on there. Um, you know, I think she'd be a good hand. So uh, she'd wrestle with really good women too. So I think that would also help her. So I think Billy Kay would be a great get for them. 
Um, and then, you know, as far as all these other guys, you know, we can speculate on that as we, as we go along, we don't sure. need to get into every single name, but yeah, I, I think, I think they're going to, I think they're going to get some people. I think they'll be all right. So we will continue to look to see what goes on in regards to Chelsea Green and the others on where they land up in 70 days when the no compete clause expire. But uh, Jay, our favorite time of the week, talking about uh, Tuesday and Wednesday programming. Uh, Tuesday, we had NXT before the show for uh, something that you usually don't say. And it's not that you're negative, negative, never negative about NXT. But you said to me you felt like something was missing with NXT. I want you to a little expand on that as we get into some quick thoughts about this week's NXT. Yeah, I don't know. I, I watched the show. It was a good show. It was a standard NXT show. Uh, it reminded me of the NXT shows when they used to be on the network. Um, just a longer version of it. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, tr- a, a good show. Um, you know, it was fun and funny with Cameron Grimes and DiBiase and stuff like that. But I feel like this show is missing something. Maybe partially because it's weird. Karen Cross wasn't on the show, the champion. And Balor was uh, on the show. You know, maybe. Uh, Riley. Yeah. Well, he was kind of on the show. Well, he was, you know, made a slight appearance. But the big thing is, like, they're, they're missing something. Uh, again, and I, I talked about it earlier, Daniel Bryan, a, a big-time star. They're, you know, like if Jay White would have come to NXT. Like, they're missing someone like that and now you know they're not it's gonna be hard for them to get that people are gonna go to aw impact is even a place where people can go ring of honor is a place where people can go um you know now this forbidden door is open it's like would you go to nxt or do you go to impact and then you can wrestle in aw maybe and then you can wrestle in you know mlw like you have so many different options you know look at tom lawler what he's done he decided not to go to the WWE. I don't know how much of an option that was, but I think it was an option. Now he's New Japan strong champion, right? And he's also an MLW still. So I, I think I think it's interesting. Um, so I think the show is missing just like a, a star. It's missing a star. And it hasn't had that, you know, and I love Balor. So maybe you could say Balor, but I think Keith Lee was ascending. Um, and I think the show's also missing, and I know they have the smattering of fans. I think the show's missing the crowd. You know, I think the show is missing the, the audience and the crowd as well. Um, and you know, I don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, how that, that, how that's going to come back. But so I think the show's missing some things, but it's still a solid wrestling show. Um, but not a show, you know, having a segment that's with that Jericho had with the inner circle and pinnacle, right? Where you have this superstar on the show and there's just nobody in NXT that's like that. So to me, that's what the show was missing. It was a good show. Adam Cole is tremendous, but um, yeah, I don't know. Felt like I felt like it, the show has been missing something. Yeah. I mean, I, you just brought it up. I thought one of the best segments of the week was the Adam Cole uh, segment. I'm, I, I didn't, know who the guy interviewing him was i suppose he was i guess big time interv- uh sports journalist i guess nice catch for them uh better than the guy who's you know doing monday night raw but that's another subject for another time you see he was able to get words out um i thought that was a great segment i thought the camera guy said was 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 solid i i think i'm just you know i'm a little tired of the stuff with the way dexter loomis does nothing for me 
That's that's I, that's true. I mean, Dexter Loomis doesn't do a lot for me. I think you know yeah. what? I think their comedy isn't funny. You know, I mean, some See, of the thing parts- is, I think the ways comedy is funny. I don't like the what they've done with Dexter Loomis. I think what they've done with him hasn't really been funny. But when it's been them on their own, I think it has been kind of funny. So, but I, uh, you know. I mean, teach it on. And like I said, I like what they're doing with their tagging division. I mean, I like what they're doing for the most part with the women's division. I mean, I kind of, you know, kind of lost me this week and we're going to move on in a second because we're running a little low on time. It's like every week, unfortunately, is what they did with Raquel Gonzalez this week. For weeks, I thought she was a, a baby face. This week, all of a sudden she was a heel. Jay, you may not have had a big problem with that, but. I kind of was kind of lost. I felt like I was missing a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I didn't under I didn't understand I didn't understand what they were going for there. I mean, I I get it in terms of you know, like a blood feud. Like these women want to beat each other up and they want to kick each other's ass or whatever. But I just think the heel heel thing doesn't really is not really great. I you know, I I, I don't really know what they were go I don't really know what they were going for there. You know, it would have been better for Mercedes Martinez to be like you know, beat Dakota Kai up and then go out and attack Raquel Gonzalez. And then if Raquel Gonzalez does that, it makes sense. But she basically interfered and they protected Dakota Kai. I get that. But yeah, I didn't, I, I thought I thought that was strange to me. Um, the other highlight was Swerve's promo. I, I him and Leon Ruff, they are fun to watch in the ring. And I think Ruff is really improving and has some good promos. And I'm going to do a mea culpa on Leon Ruff because I hated it when they gave him the title at first. I thought it was so stupid. I thought he was just a jobber. He is fantastic. He's really, really, really fun. And um, I think Swerve's heel personality has come out. I love what they're doing with, like, you know, he, he is a rapper and he's in the studio. I love what they're doing with him and kind of having that confidence, that swag that he's had, but he hasn't been able to exude on camera uh, just yet. Uh, so I thought that was really solid too. Kind of what they're doing with Leo Rush and MLW. That's kind of a similar character in that respect. Yeah. Yes, I think that that's similar. I think that, I think, um, yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, I think that that's similar. I think Swerve hits it a little better for me, to be honest with you, but you know, they're both pretty similar. Yeah. Um, like I said, I like a lot of stuff they're doing, but I agree with you. It feels like something is missing. Uh, Going to uh, tonight's show that we watched right before this one, AEW this week, a tape show. I thought it was a solid show. I don't think it was a home run by any stretch. Do I think they'll maybe have another million views? I don't think they will because hour two is going up against the first time a lot of people are going to hear President Biden's speech, you know, his first presidential address, especially with everything going on with this country. I think a lot of people will be watching that. That's not an excuse, but, you know, I think that's just a fact of life. Oh, I do like think, you know, what you said? Oh, yeah. I think it was a good show, not a great one. I thought the parlay segment was very well done. I, I, I thought, thought Jericho's Jericho, promo was great. I thought Jericho's promo was good. Was, I thought that um, one of the mistakes, and I know that you could say, I don't know how much it was the fact of the fact of that they got a lot of crap last week for the pinnacle segment where the only person who spoke for the majority was MJF. And this time they had, you know, Spear speak and they had Cash and everyone else, you know, say a couple lines to maybe make up for it. But I thought you got some more personality out of there. I think you got a lot more out of Sammy. I think everyone else, the people who didn't speak last week got their shot this week. So I think it kind of made up for it. I don't know if you agree with that on that respect. You you know, you made a good point. I was thinking about it this week about Santana. I mean, you know, 
I really think he could be a, a star. Um, he's very good in the ring and he's got a different way about him. And I like Ortiz too, but I just think Santana's just got more of a swagger, or, uh, more of a swagger, more of a, like this guy could be a star. You know, I feel like Ortiz is more of a, a mid card guy and no offense to him. I think he's funny as hell, but I don't know. Santana just got a different vibe to him. And I hope that, you know, eventually, you know, and I know, you know, listen, you know, we do the whole, you know, Latinx superstar. They're going to have, have one again, uh, or one of these wrestling companies is going to have a big one. And obviously Phoenix has been pushed, but you know, they, they then don't, don't go all the way with him. Uh, and Santana doesn't wear a mask, you know? So I, and, and he's just got a different swag to him, a different thing to him. So, uh, but yeah, no, I thought that segment was great. I thought Jericho's promo was amazing. I enjoyed his promo more this week than I did the one from a few weeks ago. Um, Cause he wasn't doing, he wasn't doing as much insider thing. He wasn't doing as much of like, like that stuff. He was really just like, it felt like he was, it felt like he was talking from the heart. It didn't feel like a promo. It felt like he was actually talking from the heart. Um, and so, so yeah, so their back and forth was great. Um, the match will be interesting. Meltzer was wrong. It's not going to be a one card match or one card show. It sounds like it's going to be now who knows how long it, I mean, I think it's going to be a long match. Um, as far as the, the ratings and stuff like that, you know, that, that you, you love speculating on that stuff. Sure. I have, I have no right. idea. Um, but I mean, I mean, why not get a million? You know what I mean? Like it, it might be one of those things where you watch the speech for a little bit and then you watch an AW match, you watch the speech and you, you know, you do enough of that. You only got to watch a show for, you know, a couple of segments and you still get the million. So I don't know, I could see them still doing well. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, and it was like, you know, Biden speaking, which is fine, but it's like, I don't maybe, know. maybe I'll stay away. People fall asleep. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, whatever. I'll read the transcripts or whatever. So I don't know. We'll see. I think they, the ratings will be fine still. And we will definitely say, uh, what did you think? A couple of quick things here. What did you think of them finally pulling the trigger after months of setting up? And they even said in the promo, December, we said, if we lose, we're, we're done as a tag team. Of finally setting up the next step of Kazarian and Daniels. Finally saying, you know what? We're going for the titles with the number one team. Let's start this off. Do you think it was such a long, so far away that if you don't watch, you know, Dark, you had no idea this was going on and kind of out of mind? Or do you think it was a good time to finally do this. I mean, what do you think of them finally pulling the trigger on this after, you know, basically talking about this in December and now it's almost May. Um, I'm okay with it. The thing is, you're right. Like we haven't seen them wrestle in a while. Unless you're watching dark. Or Which is, I, I hate that, you know, notion of like, Oh, well, you know what I mean? So I think, I think maybe they could have had, again, they have so much shit that's happening on that show. I think maybe they could have had them wrestle the last couple of weeks um, just to kind of get in there. Um, but I am glad they're doing this like long-term storytelling. And I think, you know, Christopher Daniels, he's, what is he, 50 years old? I think it'd be fine if he retires. And I think he's going to be employed for a in AEW for, the, for his life. So, I, you know, I think that'll be fine. He'll be a guy who helps the guys out backstage. I'm glad they're doing it. Corey, I want some vignettes for a story, for God's sakes. You're going to have this big match between these longtime friends. Uh, Christopher Daniels is a hero to the Young Bucks. They've talked about this. We've heard this in interviews. Please play up these stories that 
uh, about the what Frankie Gazarian and Christopher Daniels in the California wrestling scene. You know, there was one story I think with the Bucks where they said they Christopher Daniels came to like one of their um, you know wrestling shows and they didn't have enough money to pay him. He didn't even know like um, he didn't know who he was wrestling for, and and it was, it was these two punk kids or whatever. It's like they need to play up the natural story that's there, especially if this is Christopher Daniels' last match. So I really hope they do that. I don't think I don't have any faith that they will. I mean, I love AEW, but some things they just don't do great. Um, and have it be on AEW Dynamite, not Dark. They, maybe they'll tell that story. Maybe they'll tell that story on Dark or Elevation or whatever. Tell that story on Dynamite. Tell the 1.1 million people why this match is important. Now, do you? Now they basically said it's going to happen on the, I guess, the May 12th show. But would have you done this show at Double or Nothing, or would have you done this? kind of help with a TV rating on May on the May 12th show, which you which we'll talk about next, but you already have the legend Blue Justice, Yuji Nagata facing Drew um John Moxley. Yeah. Um yeah it's gonna be a fun match. I um I would have done it on a pay-per-view um because those guys you know they can really go to town and go at it. Um, obviously they're setting up something with Moxley and, and Eddie Kingston and whatever. So I don't know, but if the bucks, one's double or nothing, the end of the month, it's, um, more, it's, uh, labor day, whatever the next top major holiday is. That Memorial day. Or so it's, that's the end of May. So that's yeah. the end of May, right? Memorial day. Yeah. Um, so the end of next month. So they, I mean, they would have a month to do it. The problem is if the bucks beat, uh, Daniels and Kazarian on May 12th. Who are they going to wrestle? I think they might wrestle uh, Eddie and uh, Moxley for the tag titles at uh, Double or Nothing, which I think is a pretty big match. And then Omega against Christian or someone? That's uh, an interesting aura. The guy with maybe the biggest upset of the night, which I'll be honest, I did not see coming. Brian Cage yeah. beating Adam, Adam Hangman Page. I, I love that, that I I love that they did that because you know when Paige gets that title shot he's gonna win the belt. Well, I and I think that's a in that way you made it that you can hold off until all out now. Yeah, I don't. I think I think there's I think there's zero chance Cage gets the shot, but I think they're trying to heat him back up, um, which I like. I really that's good booking. Cage is the number one contender. We know he's beating everyone. We know he's an established star, and all of a sudden you have another guy beat him. Um, so I, I, yeah, I love that they did that. And then you create that animosity with Ricky Starks and cage, like I won and you didn't and, and whatever. So, um, so I thought that was really good booking. So yeah, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, with a month from, you know, cause they, they spend so much time with this blood and guts. So let's see how they get things rolling here as, as they get toward the pay-per-view. I guess it's going to be really interesting to see what they do next week with blood and guts. I think that they did a really good job tonight of selling, selling the show being next week. I mean, it's, it lands on Cinco de Mayo with uh, people being vaccinated. So they could use a, lose a little bit of an, uh, an audience for the first time, people really having a time to go out and party. So, I mean, you know, hopefully the DVR numbers are good for that. But, uh, Jay, I think they did a good job. We'll come back with our final quick segment talking about some stuff for next week. But, Jay, how about you let people know how they can follow the other shows on the Life Group Network? Uh, Monday, we've got Dong City with Henry and Vince. So we're part of the Life Group podcast. Um, so yeah, Monday, we've got Dong City with Henry and Vince. Tuesday, we've got The Audible with Matt and Randy. 
The draft is tomorrow. I've got way too much money on this draft. Um, us, we're, <laughs> usually we're on uh, Thursdays. Today we're on Wednesday since I will not be available tomorrow. Uh, we are Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Friday we've got the Step Back with Jacob and Land. Can they end the NBA season already? I mean, half these teams are not playing their guys. Just get to the playoffs, for God's sakes. Uh, and Sunday, we've got Total Bases with Felipe and Sean, more of a fantasy show. We are Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Worked Shoot Pod, W-O-R-K-E-D, Worked Shoot Pod. Thanks. And of course, you know, I believe you said it, but you can check us out on Instagram as well. And the person who runs our Instagram account has a podcast I am very proud to be part of. Uh, Jay, do you remember what that one's called by chance? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie. Jackie, Andy, Jackie, Rachel, Jackie, Corey, the comedy podcast for the ages. And the show that we hope to have Jay back on at some point if uh, he's not too busy eating dinner after our show. Because, you know, sometimes we record late. But uh, we came back this week with uh, returning Jackie Quest, or for those who remember, Jackie Johnny, uh, talking a little bit more about tipping and uh, some other stuff. So we had we continued that conversation. We'll have Jackie on, Johnny on again uh, for our next episode, a little bit late, but talking about uh, the passing of DMX. As you can see, we record a while back. Uh, Jay, a couple of weeks back, uh, gave his thoughts on that. We may add that on to the the end like we do when he brings up great thoughts and compassion unlike me i guess on key subjects because jay is the uh the wheelbarrow of the podcast as we found out from uh, christopher morin last week and of course check out christopher morin's podcast morin's law uh every week wherever you check out podcasts as well check him out on uh youtube which we have a youtube channel too uh workshop wrestling podcast where you can watch us every week as well which we need to i guess publicize a little bit more but uh, Jay, final thing of the week, well, I guess twofold. One, I know you thoroughly enjoyed your favorite show of the week that's not on Tuesday or Wednesday. On Fridays, New Japan World Strong. Uh, do you want to give a quick thought on the finals? I thought it was tremendous. I mean, it was th- th- what the New Japan Strong tournament. I was like, oh, it'll be fun. A little quick. Like, man, having these matches quick. It was the best TV US thing that I've seen this year. Maybe not the best pay-per-view match, maybe not the best New Japan match, whatever. But for the US, it's my favorite thing I've watched all year. My favorite three weeks of any TV show consecutively. Um, I thought the title match was absolutely tremendous. I thought it was great. Um, I, you know, I've watched Lawler and MLW for a long time. We saw him live lose the title to Jacob Fett, too. Uh, I've seen Brody King a few, you know, a bunch of times, too. But they just wrestled a really, really good match. And um, to not have a crowd there, um, you know, Kevin Kelly did a good job. It was just it was just a great they told a great story. Um, it was just a tremendous, tremendous match. And. You know, I hope that AEW gets something from this uh, in terms of, you know, it wasn't high-flying, crazy spot fest. You know, it was more of a mat-based style. It was more of a storytelling style. And that's what the New Japan Strong, the whole tournament was like that. 
You had Hikaleo against Tom Lawler, this kind of brawler against this, this more, you know, former MMA wrestler guy. And they ended up beating the shit out of each other during the match. Like every match, and you don't see this in tournaments. I feel like you might've seen this in like t- t- WrestleMania four, you know, back in the day. Every match told a story. Every match told a story about, you know, to move on to the next thing. So it wasn't like, I'm just going to wrestle this guy because I'm mad at him. Bah. It was like everything was, a, every match was a different story. Um, you know, an up and comer against a veteran who's trying to prove himself. Uh, you know, it's just, it was just so good. Um, and I really encourage everyone to watch it. If you can watch New Japan Strong. I've been trying to tell everybody I know who's, who's into wrestling to, to watch it. Um, it was just a fantastic, fantastic tournament. Uh, just before we uh, close out here, uh, just a couple of things from the chat. Uh, Jonathan Olivo, former uh, guest of the show and longtime friend of the program, got me interested, and I never never cared about Impact. Uh, that was earlier, I guess, in regards to the Kenny Omega situation. Uh, Jack Andy, we spoke about before. Tales of Corey and the Human Wheelbarrow. So, uh, Jay, always over. Uh Jackie Andy a little earlier, Wednesday night recording. And uh, John, Jonathan Ali once again, what's up, fellas? So uh, come those a little late, but uh, what's up, uh, guys, in the chat tonight? Uh, I totally agree with you. I was a little surprised that Tom Lawler won. Thought it was a really good match. Love the show. You'd be in- interested, I think, as you said last week, MLW and ROH representatives, when your own guys aren't in the finals, I think that's very interesting, and I'm truly interested to see what they do with Rocky Romero. If you listen to commentary there, that this is like the one last run, and if whenever they open up borders and he can go back, see if they actually give him a shot to maybe go for the uh, one more title run, which I think yeah. could be interesting. Um, but- just real, just real quick, uh, Willie Yuta is fantastic. Oh yeah, he wrestles um, a a great style where he could be high flying, could be mat based. Um, he reminds me a little bit of TJP for years ago, um, except he's a little bit more Matt based style. Uh, I, I think he's fantastic. I love watching him wrestle. I hope that when, you know, things open up, I think he should go to new Japan. I, I know he does some ring of honor. I think that guy needs to go to new Japan, wrestle in the juniors, become a star in the juniors, and then kind of build his way up. Uh, Cause that guy's got, I don't, I've never heard him talk other than he's done the vignettes, the backstage vignettes for Ring of Honor, but yeah, I don't know if he can cut a promo to save his life, but he is really, really fun to watch oh, yeah. in the ring. Absolutely. Uh, last topic of the, of the week. We spoke about it every week when it was on for season two, but the best documentary series on TV that regarding wrestling, I know WWE is doing stuff with A&E. I'll be honest, haven't had a chance to see the first two episodes. Heard they're good with Rowdy Roddy Piper. And Stone Cold, they're doing this week with Macho Man. But Return of Dark Side of the Ring comes back this Thursday, March 6th. You've got, I believe, I think it's going to be a two-parter in regards to Flying Brian Pillman, one of the most controversial characters. I think they'll do an amazing job. First two seasons were great. I think that it's an interesting time right now. I'm talking about him, especially with his son being in AW. Watching the trailer for it, you saw a lot of different guys who are in, you know, you saw John Moxley this year. He had comments. You saw uh, Brian Pillman Jr. has comments. You even had Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, gave his thoughts who they were part of the uh, Hollywood Blonde. So I think that's going to be an extremely interesting story. A guy who basically redefined the industry. I'm basically, I, Jay, I don't know if you remember this, and we, I know we don't wrap it up here because you have an early flight in the morning. 
but he went and basically his contract expired and he just went to the WWE and they didn't even realize like the face of the contract expired. Like he was, he did all these things just because he wanted to and, and could. Yeah. You know? No, he's a, a pretty interesting story. Also, not only that, but just, um, you know, his style, his in-ring style. Yeah. You know, flying around the ring and, 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 you know, you saw some of that, you saw the Rockers with Shawn Michaels and whatever, but, you know, I think he really was uh, a, an innovator with his style in the ring. Uh, and I think he was really an underrated talent. Um, the one thing about his story is I think, you know, his story is like a two hour, three hour documentary. So they're doing this in an hour, right? It's an hour or is it two, I think it's two episodes? I think they did. Be- they did. Okay, good. Okay. So I feel like they really need to do a deep dive because I think this guy's got such an interesting history and was such a big part of, of professional wrestling. Um, who he was, his style, his mic, you know, who he was on the mic. I think you, you see that more now. And so I, I, I think he was really an innovator in wrestling. I think you're going to hear a lot of that. Um, so his story is going to be very fascinating to watch and and relive and think back on and stuff like that. And obviously tragically, you know, with the, you know, with the drugs and, and, and all that, but um, he left a, he left a really big mark on wrestling and I don't care. He didn't wrestle for that long to leave that long, that big of a mark in wrestling. Um, so yeah, very interested to see what, you know, how, how that story unfolds, what we hear about that. And um, well, you know, we'll be talking about it on the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure every week we'll uh, give our thoughts on the episodes. Super excited to see how they do this season. Last season, they had great momentum with, you know, each week they built. I mean, I don't know if there will be anything as good as, you know, Chris Benoit from last season and the Owen Hart episode, but they've got me as a fan. And, you know, with MLW coming this Saturday, you know, to Viceland, it's great momentum for Viceland and everything they're doing in wrestling. They've got me as a fan to keep on watching, but, uh, Jay, unless there's something else you want to uh, mention, I think you have a flight that you got to catch. So catch a couple of Z's and uh, enjoy your uh, your weekend uh, of debauchery and uh, maybe watching a couple of minutes of the draft. Supposedly. I'll say this before I go. Vice is no dummies. They, you talk about the profile they've gotten with wrestling. If they can become, you know, a kind of quasi wrestling network, and get MLW, they've got Dark Side of the Ring, and can get maybe another company, who knows? You know, they could really start to establish themselves because um, live entertainment, sports or otherwise, is, is really, really important. So, anyway, that's it. I think we're done here. See ya.